0: A little bit of Monica, oh no more. A little bit of Jennifer out the door. A little bit of Paula on the bed. A little bit of Hillary, now
1: I'm dead. Welcome to Sakai Politics. Love political podcast where we talk about politics. I'm Sly.
2: I'm Ryan. I'm Daryl. And I'm John. <gasps> whoa. <gasps> Phil, what whoa. happened to you? <laughs> The whole Phil's got missing
0: gag has has gotten stale because he's been gone for a month. Yeah, hey, I'll come uh, back,
2: please. Uh, Stop so, having fun across the the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, so after last episode we had a diverse female cast. We were like, we gotta make up for that and bring back a sausage party.
2: Yeah, we need we need a white man to come back. Maybe
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, all the white men are now back, so everyone can relax. Uh, you know, the SJWs haven't won yet.
2: This this is my safe space. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, uh, John, tell us a little bit about yourself and shit. I hear you're in a band. Yeah, I'm in a band. I'm in a, so, okay, so
3: I'm, I'm in a punk rock band. We're called the Muckrakers. Um, we don't do anything, uh, in terms of politics, uh, at all. I play the drums in that band. <laughs>
2: cool. I like drums.
3: <laughs> yeah. Drums are fun. You get to, uh, hit shit.
2: Yeah. Uh, with yeah. your feet too.
3: Yeah, with your feet, so, like with everything.
1: Sometimes yeah. with your head. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. you know
1: what we guys like to do. We like to hit shit. That's, uh, that's, we, that's how you can tell we're on a sausage party now. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had to get the most macho guy I know on the show. I'm I... the most <laughs> macho guy,
3: you know. <laughs> Jesus, it, it tells
2: a lot about Ryan's group of friends.
3: Yeah, yeah, I guess it says a lot about me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, where are you politically? Uh, so, I would consider myself. Definitely left of center, but closer to the center. <gasps> Sly's gonna get triggered. Be careful. Yeah, is he?
1: How do you feel about Mr. Barack Hussein Obama? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: so I actually like Obama a lot. Um, I think a lot of the I think a lot of the things that people see that he did that are like too centrist or shitty, uh, I think he basically comes to the reality of a lot of situations. Because, like, I think people boil things down to black and white too much. Why you gotta bring race into it? Just because we're talking about Barack
0: Hussein Obama? <laughs> so, yeah, you Obama's
3: gray? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of people
2: compliment him on being, like, a pragmatist. Where it's like, if you don't go in with, like, high ideals, you're
1: not disappointed. Alright, before we, before you guys trigger me further, um, let's <laughs> get to our actual topic for this episode. So,
0: why did we bring you in, John? Yeah. What, what is your
1: expertise?
3: <laughs> so, my expertise... <laughs> Is in, uh, mostly Rush Limbaugh. Ugh. Because I've been listening to Rush's show for, like, three years now.
0: Now, we need to clarify right off the bat. Do you listen because you agree, or do you
3: listen ironically? How center I,
1: are you? <laughs>
3: <I> <laughs> how am are you? Ironically. So I did it in an attempt to keep myself center. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, so I started, a couple years ago, I started listening to NPR, And I love NPR. I felt like it was, like, it was the first news source that I could really, really trust. And basically everything I had heard about NPR before that was that it's just super liberal. So I was afraid I was gonna be getting too much of a liberal idea of what's going on so i figured i should also even myself out by just going way <laughs> over to the right and seeing I, what i don't it's know all if it about. works like that though
1: <laughs> well, well to be fair to john that's that, that makes sense why he likes obama because that's literally what obama does uh, <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not even joking it's like literally what obama does he watches fox news and, shit and says like this is this is what a country thinks like this i gotta be center well, I i mean, it, it kind of worked.
3: John him. Hussein
1: Obama
0: over here. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. It just drives me crazy. That's all I know. Yeah.
0: And uh, you also,
3: in your repertoire, is every day at 1230, text me all the shit Rush is saying. Yeah. Well, because it's just like every once in a while, there's a gem of just absolute lunacy. <laughs> And I have to tell you about. It. So that's
0: so we read all our think pieces on the show and all our um, our liberal media things, and now we want you to contextualize the things we're saying. Is this really what it's like in the conservative media world? Okay, yeah.
1: you gotta be our uh, you gotta be the Obama to our radical leftist Bernie Sanders shit. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best to be gray. All right, <laughs> so, to be the gray man. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, right wing politics in general. We'll eventually transition to Rush. Before we understand Rush, uh, I think we have to talk about Roger Ailes, the creator Boo. of Fox. The, the yeah, why world... should we
0: rush into our topic? Am I right, yeah. Sly?
2: Yeah, let's Roger this discussion. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And, I
1: try. and, and cure what ailes
3: us all, right? <laughs> yeah. There we go. That was a good one.
1: <laughs> uh, so, John, do you know anything about Roger Ailes? Uh, I know a bit about Roger Ailes, but not in depth. Uh, what do you know? Just uh, like uh, What's the cursory, uh, everyday kind of knowledge some people have of him?
3: Well, so he basically uh, is responsible for starting Fox News and was at the head of the ship for quite some time. And yep. from what I understand, uh, I don't remember where I heard this, but this was a couple of years ago, I guess, when people were talking a lot about like behind closed doors at Fox News stuff. Just basically uh, my understanding is that Roger Ailes basically came up with what they're going to talk about for the whole day the whole news cycle and then it just kind of filtered on through fox news from him that's a,
1: yeah that's exactly how it works basically he would uh, talk to like a, a, um, one of his aides or whatever and that aide would send a memo to everyone, basically saying this is what roger ailes wants for news tonight and so the way it all started because i want to talk because like the way to understand fox news and i think right-wing media in general you have to understand roger ailes himself uh A lot of people like when they meet him. It's funny because a lot of of these conservatives like Hannity and Rush Limbaugh like people who know them, even like liberals say they're cool guys. And people say that about Rush, uh, like Roger Ells as well. They they describe him as loyal, generous, and slap your mama funny, which I don't get what that expression means. (laughs) I mean, haven't you ever heard
3: a joke that was so funny you wanted to physically (laughs) hit your mom? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, uh, he like according to Roger Ailes, he only understands friendship or scorched earth, and people comp- compare him to like a combination between Don Rickles and Don Corleone. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
0: yeah. So is that like the like Trump mentality that like reward the people that are loyal to you and like yeah, punish
1: it's... anyone who says anything bad about you? Yeah, and, and like, bring up Trump as an example, because I always ta- mention when I talk about Trump, I always say he's a Fox News grandpa because he literally watches Fox News and like. You know, like we all people fa like it's like the mon- Frankenstein monster Fox has created coming back to them because they say a lot of this shit just to spread fear and to push the agenda. But now they have a president who actually uses all this shit Fox has said over the years, you know? Yeah, so it's one
0: thing to push an agenda in like our Trump supporting family members on Facebook and then also the White House. <laughs>
1: yeah. So uh, Roger Ailes' father uh, worked at the Packard uh, plant. Uh, for GM cars uh, in Ohio. And he actually resented like smart people because all the college boys who managed the line always made fun of his father. And so he was basically bullied by nerds. And so uh, he, uh, his father was described as a, a Taft Republican. And that's a, uh, not the good, good Taft, who was a trust buster. It was the, the bad Senator Robert Taft of Ohio, who was the one who passed Taft-Hartley. In, and that's why unions are so much weaker now, because of Taft-Hartley act so what did that act do I've never even heard of this yeah act. when when was that that was like in the 40s I'm not uh, pulling up research that's on the on, the, on the fly but I from what I know it uh, weakened uh, labor's ability to negotiate uh, let's see labor leaders called the slave labor bill
0: uh, <laughs> that's, I
1: think that's a lot <laughs> yeah uh, from what I know it basically gave more uh, uh, improved, improved limits on labor's ability to strike and prohibiting radicals from uh, entering positions of leadership. And it was promoted uh, by large uh, manufacturing lobbies. And basically when people say, like, uh, "What? why is labor, labor union so weak? They trace it back to Taft-Harley. Like, that's, like, the law. Like, if you were to make Union strong again, you'll have to pretty much revoke that law, which has been in effect for, like, seven years at this point. And this was, so this is the kind of guy that
0: Ailes' dad was?
1: Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, in college, it's funny thing about Ailes like he uh, he hated smart people. But he went w- went he w- one thing funny is he went to school just because he wanted to get drunk all the time. They allowed him to get drunk in school, and but uh, he actually became like a drama nerd in college. Uh, and so, like this, you, it's funny because like uh, that's the kind of guy you think conservatives hate, but he was a mamby pamby theater guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and so, but the interesting thing, uh, he he got a start in TV because he was uh, on the Mike Douglas show, which was a a uh variety hour show. And it's interesting about it was while like uh, Elvis and the Beatles were getting popular, they were like focusing on aging stars like Jack Benny and Pearl Bailey. And people say that's like pretty much the kind of guy Roger Ailes was, like in every way, like his sexism, his like love of martinis and shit like that. Like everything was like 1940s. Uh, old-time mentality, like, stuff his dad liked, not stuff of the era, you know what I mean? So he's been trying to bring America back to the 1950s since the 1960s? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, he was, apparently, he's like, really successful at TV, and, like, uh, that on that show, that's where he met Richard Nixon. And Richard Nixon was like, TV's bullshit. Like, I lost to John F. Kennedy in the debate because uh, cause of TV, and Ailes pretty much, Ailes is the reason why Uh, Nixon reformed his image because Alice told him, like, you, you, if you keep thinking like that, you're gonna keep losing. You gotta reform your image. Try and make yourself more of a TV kind of guy, and you gotta make improve your image on TV. That's so fascinating because if the listeners don't know, the 1960 debate between Kennedy and Nixon,
0: like everyone that listened to it on the radio said that Nixon won, like easily, and everyone who watched it on TV said that like Kennedy won by far, and that's like the beginning of modern politics. For a yeah. lot of people, myself included, where like that's when it, you realize
1: that you needed an image to be yeah. the president. And one thing is, listening, saying, you know, Nixon is one of the biggest pieces of shit in American history. Uh, even one of the dirtiest campaign there is, one of the most paranoid people. Like uh, he's always afraid of the Jews coming to get him and shit like that. Wait, he was afraid of the Jews? Like, like he, he like one these, like the uh, the one he did a test to see what were the effects on marijuana to see if he wanted to promote the war on drugs. The researchers said uh, cannabis isn't harmful, like you shouldn't have this war on drugs. And after they did the test, Mitch Nixon was very much like, all those researchers are fucking Jews, let's have the war on drugs anyway, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what he did. But like he was like, he was, like, he was, like a real scummy fu- scum fuck. So it's very telling that Roger L. Sa- Breaking said news that- here on the show Nixon was <laughs> sleazy. <laughs> yeah, but it's very telling that uh, Roger L. said he-, he probably would not have drawn into politics for anyone but Nixon. Like, Nixon was the guy who inspired <laughs> him. <laughs> Yes, and uh, but the biggest problem was not just uh, Nixon sucked on TV. It was also, ALS was like, Ailes uh, thought the biggest problem was liberal media and the bias they had. So his idea was, we're going to go around the press and just go directly to the people. And he basically made Nixon star of his own traveling roadshow, a series of, of news-like events that the the campaign paid to broadcast in local markets across the country. And uh, the press weren't allowed to go to them. Like he said, like Roger Ellis said, like, fuck them it's not a press conference it's a television show it's our television show the press aren't loud and he basically it's funny because he basically created the modern like debates and shit where all they do is have uh, a bunch of partisans like basically basically being an applause machine and they feed uh questions to the people in the debate and they have like basically answers that feed into their talking points and that ale is pretty much huh. created out of nixon and that yeah. kind of became was our there system. like
2: Was there applause back in the old, like, 60s debates and stuff? Like, were audiences applause for every talking point?
1: I I assume there was applause, but i also said when he was making this road show, he wanted to make the audience just be an applause machine for Nixon, basically, and to just feed him uh, things that make him look good. And Mm. was this during Nixon's 68 campaign? Yeah, this is when the, the campaign he won, whichever one that was. Yeah, that was 68. Yeah. So after uh, Nixon uh, was elected, (laughs) the funny thing is, Ailes actually got fired because he kept bragging, like, I'm the guy who got Nixon elected. And Nixon's a piece of shit, so he's like, fuck you, you didn't, fuck you. And he got uh, Ailes uh, kicked out. (laughs) (laughs) Did he keep doing the show after that? Or was he president at this point? (laughs) He was president at this point, so he probably probably kept some of those tactics for his re-election campaign uh, on top of him trying to break into DNC headquarters and shit like that. But uh, So it's it's basically like if Trump had fired Steve
0: Bannon after yeah. he won instead of making him like this fucking big advisor.
1: Exactly. Okay. So Ailes went back to theater and he, he started doing... He, one thing was weird, he did a theatrical production of Death of a Salesman, which is, makes me sad because it's one of my favorite plays. <laughs> How old but, was Ailes at this point? This was in the 1970s. Ailes, uh, Ailes was born in 1940, 1940. Somebody do the math for me, please.
2: So he's 30, like in his 30s. 30s? So he's in his 30s, yes. <laughs> <laughs> minus... So I can't do math <laughs> I,
1: was, I was like oh, all these facts that jump in my head I can't do, I can't yeah, be that's, so things things I All right. so in 1974 uh, his his work on the next campaign actually got him a job at Television News Incorporated and this is where he starts getting into what will, the kind of thing that will later be Fox News because th- that network was created to just to be uh, a right wing propaganda machine according to people that worked there they were like we quit because this is just a right wing propaganda machine basically what they did was they would uh, give free uh, news clips that uh, uh, other companies can use. And uh, the idea was, since they're free, companies will be like, oh, let's take it so we can save money. And basically, over time, they'll inject uh, right-wing uh, slants into their uh, media. And their slogan was Fair and Balanced. Which so it was it...
2: Fair and Balanced back then?
1: Yeah. Like, Roger Ailes took that slogan from this network. Yeah. But um oh. uh, Roger Ailes, he wants to make this into a cable show. Like he was originally 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 like a uh, Fox News at this point. But what happened was all the fucking liberal uh, hosts were like, "Fuck this shit, this is bullshit." He couldn't really control the network. Couldn't really control their hosts, and also they really didn't have a way to make money. So the network eventually folded in 1975. And, but this is when I was like, I'm going to make sure when I get a fucking network, all my fucking hosts are going to be super fucking hardcore right-wingers. Which <laughs> I think we... Oh, uh, know he succeeded in that. And so uh, when... Uh, eventually, because of his success with Nixon, he got hired on for the Reagan campaigns and for the George H.W. Bush campaigns. Uh, for Reagan, he was called Dr. Feelgood because uh, he told Nixon, uh, Reagan, ditch the facts and figures. He was the guy who pitched the idea. Ditch the facts and figures. You weren't elected on details... You get elected on teams and people said uh, Roger was basically a director and Reagan was was his actor. And, and that's why they melded so well together. Oh my God. Yeah. That makes so sense. so that's, why, that's why I say when uh, Ailes was the guy who really created modern politics, the th- theater and shit like that. And all we talk about how Reagan made politics hollow and shit like that. That was fucking Ailes. Man. Yeah. So- but
2: between like Fox News and the, the love for Reagan, like he molded an entire generation to love yeah. his, his brand.
1: Yeah, and he was the one that, w- when uh, Reagan was uh, accused of having Alzheimer's, he basically taught Reagan to deflect and make jokes about how, uh, I'm not going to use my uh, break agent to this. I don't want to take advantage of my, my opponent's youth and inexperience. So he'll make like one-liners for Reagan to dodge the Alzheimer's question when that started mm-hmm. coming up during the debates and stuff.
0: Yeah, that line is like one of Reagan's defining debate moments that yeah.
1: like, people still talk about. Yeah, so then uh, Ailes agreed to work for Bush, even though... <laughs> Also, Bush, George H.W. Bush, really fucking sucked. He he was like this new uh, guy from New England. Uh, He's a very, like, he seems weak on camera. And he thought he was even worse than Nixon, but he agreed to uh, help him because uh, he's a fucking right winger and, you know, got to stick together. Also, uh, Bush was also still dealing with the Iran-Contra scandal about uh, how uh, Reagan's administration sent arms to Tehran. And used the profits to fund the legal war in Nicaragua. So I was really not interested in Bush, but he did it just for sake of love and country, I guess.
0: Yeah. If you, if but, any listeners have more, have an interest in Reagan and his scandals, we did a whole episode on it. That's earlier in this feed. Yeah. Come on, we got
1: to build the brand, just like Roger exactly. Ailes.
2: Well, we need to ditch all these facts and figures and just go with uh, themes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Apparently. So the, the big thing <laughs> with Bush was to dodge the Iran-Contra scandal he uh, scheduled a, a debate with Dan Rather and said I want to make it live so that way it would be more like a, a fight night kind of thing and basically he kept telling George W. Bush go for a throw like f- attack Dan Rather just attacking me don't f- don't be on the defensive, just fucking attack attack and like there was a thing where Dan Rather walked off the, the set when his a tennis game interrupted his broadcast you know exactly like a prima donna and that kind of caught uh, Dan Rather kind of some kind of heat So Bush just starts saying, oh, you can't judge me on the rank contract, just like no one can judge you for walking off the set like a bitch during that (laughs) tennis game. And, like, you know, like, when we talk about it now, like, it's obvious that's, like, the most fucking false equivalency bullshit ever, but, like, watching Dan Rather stammer, like, people thought, like, Bush won the debate, you know? Yeah. And like, and, like, Ailes understood that. Like, it doesn't matter who won, like, on facts. It, just who's, it matters who's stammering and who's not, you know? Well,
0: I think we saw that a lot in the VP debate in 2016. Like, yeah. Tim Kaine had so many more details and facts, and Mike Pence just lied the whole time. But everybody walked away saying Pence wiped the floor with him. Well, yeah, exactly How can
3: you not say that he won when he looks so handsome? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right. charming. Ooh. Yeah. Mike Pence, <laughs> you
2: better not get me alone with you in a room.
1: He can't. Mother won't allow it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so the move that really made uh, Ailes uh, famous was against Dukakis. Uh, people called it the Willie uh, the Willie Horton uh, thing because uh, Willie Horton was a convicted killer that that escaped from prison and murdered a couple. He raped a uh, woman and killed a man. And Michael Dukakis was the governor of Massachusetts, state that Willie Horton fled from, and basically. uh, uh, Ailes used it to be, to frame it as Dukakis um, is weak on on, on uh, criminals. He's creating a revolving door for criminal scum. He cares more about reform than punishing these criminal scum, and uh, that he really hammered him on that. And and not only that, after uh, he won that he won that election against Dukakis, he uh, started using his other Democrats, and that worked until he tried to get Giuliani elected mayor in 1989. And Giuliani's opponent basically just focused on Ailes, saying, "Look at this fucking muslinger. He fucking used the Willie Horton shit." And after uh, that caused Giuliani to lose, uh, Ailes was was considered a political poison for a while because he started losing all the, more and more debates because people just started talking Ailes like he became like this mudslinger in the eyes of the public. So he left politics for a while. He created the Mari Povich show, which is fucking weird. <laughs> 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 i like, like I always like isn't that weird? Like this. Is yeah, a fucking... that's a
2: completely like unrelated tangent. Did yeah. Mori
1: come before Jerry Springer? Uh, I, I think he came after according to this uh, they were around the same time 1991 uh he did he did like he was out of politics officially but he did play behind the scenes what he did was uh when bill clinton was being elected uh he tried to he encouraged uh, bush uh uh campaign manager to spin a, a story about uh, clinton going to moscow on a graduate trip and basically he, started, he recommended that guy to pin, p- paint Bill Clinton is basically the mainstream candidate. Like he went to Moscow and gone doctrine. Now he's going to be a fucking pro Moscow candidate.
0: So he's been <laughs> running this Clinton's ties to Russia
1: story for like 25 years. Yeah. And so he also helped kill uh, Hillary Claire because <laughs> basically, uh, tobacco giants came to him saying uh, he was very friends with Russia at this point and he got Rush his own t- uh, late night talk show at this point. And, uh, him and Rush are best friends, so we're gonna talk about Rush. For you should
3: say that. Rush yeah. says that he only met Ailes a few times.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. Because according to the article, he, uh, he, he called, uh, Ailes a father figure, and <laughs> maybe after, was he, he call him that, uh, does he say that now after the fallout from Ailes' sex scandals? Or was it yeah. always his?
3: Yeah, no, that was that was like his whole rant the the day or two after Ailes was outed was that like everybody was saying how great of friends they were and he's like I only met the guy a few times. I mean he helped me out,
1: but you know That's we so weren't funny. we
3: weren't super close friends.
1: <laughs> That's so funny because according to 2011, this article he was saying shit like how Ailes taught him not to be afraid of liberals and he's gonna that made him as bold as he is against liberals today. So hate Rush. Thank Roger Ailes again. Well, a more breaking news. Rush Limbaugh is a liar. <laughs> uh, so, what happened was Hillary Clinton was supposed to be uh, paid for by taxing cigarettes. And so, they, they teamed up with uh, Ailes and uh, Rush Limbaugh. And they basically they basically created the, the prototype for the Tea Party, this fake grassroots movement where they started, they, they, they started uh, petitioning people to call, uh, call in and, and paying people to call into the White House. And they even would call people themselves and say, "Hey, you want to call and bitch about this this bullshit law?" And like pretend that like, I was like a natural, uh, you know, like uh, growth, you know, spontaneous public outcry. When they were calling people saying, "Hey, here's a bill, bitch about it," and like and like they actually start busting uh, employees to the White House for demonstrations and shit like that to basically make it seem like Hillary Care is untenable, that people hate it, and Hillary Care eventually died. So was Roger Ailes like what the right? Pretends George Soros is now. Yeah, yes. That's why. That's why. That's, why, that's another thing. The funny thing because uh, one thing the right. If you ever hear a white right, right wing talking point, remember that a right wing love to project anything they complain about Democrats doing. They're always doing themselves. Like keep mm. that always in the back of your head. Literally everything is
3: tit for tat. Yeah. When when something happens, no, we're not, we're not
1: that. You're that. We didn't yeah, exactly. do that. You did that. Yep. So then, in 1993, he became the head of CNBC, and uh, he became like a big CNBC star. That's where he got his all his hosts and shit, and started breeding his hosts. But the, the, but he basically what happened was uh, he was trying to get his own right wing uh, radio show started up, but that got shut down by CNBC in favor of MSNBC. So uh, Roger was like, "Fuck this bullshit! I don't have complete control." And so that's when he met Rupert Murdoch, the head of. Fox News and according to this quote uh, the head of CNBC said we will rue the day we let Roger and Rupert team up which we did because they doomed humanity as a species doomed humanity as a species it's only this country <laughs> yeah, only this country but Rupert Murdoch was already trying to have like a Fox News kind of shit so it wasn't all Roger Ailes' idea so like, did
0: Murdoch found Fox News before Ailes or
1: did they yeah, do it together basically it was like a prototype version and uh, like he was like experimenting it as uh, like a 60 minutes show, and like then he was like, oh, okay. making a network. But Roger Ailes was the one who uh, gave him points, where he said, first of all, make sure it's on every TV show. Make sure you get all this carriage. So in order to make sure it got carriage uh, distribution on cable systems worldwide, he, Murdoch actually, instead of the original the model we have like in most most networks is like you ask people, you basically beg people to carry you, and you get a chunk of the of uh, you know. Basically, it's like a donation. Like you try to you donate your show to networks, and hope they pick it up, and hope they they make their money back on that carriage. While a- Ailes went to, when Ailes told Murat to go a step further and basically pay people to host Fox News, and oh. Fox News lost money by making by every time they got a subscriber, they'll pay twenty dollars to the network for getting that subscriber. So they were so, paying, but so it was like
0: a pay to play kind of thing. Where they're paying just to get their ideas, like, in everybody's house.
1: Yeah, and if you want to know why I hate capitalism, like, this is a good example (laughs) why. Eventually, people get rich enough that you have this right-wing welfare, where the rich all have this excess money they have have no idea what to spend with. So they can, like, you know we talk about capitalism, you know, competitive markets and shit like that? When you have this corporate welfare, these people that no one really wants to listen to initially, but you keep funding advertising, keep funding uh, them to be on every network... Like that's not a that's not fucking free markets that's not fucking direct competition that's just fucking welfare to right wing uh, Mm -hmm. positions.
0: So basically, like shove these people down your throat until they're household names that you just listen to every day just because you're
1: used to it. Yeah, and that's common throughout. Like, like how how much, how how many fucking right wing uh, people? Like, you watch him and you're like, how the fuck did this guy get any audience? You know? Mm -hmm. Well, because you got assholes like John that ironically listen to them.
3: (laughs) I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure it's all his fault. Right, all all of my listening habits are supporting them directly. Okay. One thing
0: I do want to say, at one point, when John was still listening to Rush, he was like, oh, I'm doing this thing for, uh, what was it for?
3: Oh, for Nielsen. For
0: Nielsen, so, like, everything I listen to, I'm, like, part of the small group that they use to extrapolate ratings for, yeah, oh. and I was
3: like, you're still listening to Rush? You're like, yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, he's bolstering Rush's ratings, literally.
1: <laughs> yeah, I
3: was. I wasn't lying when I just said that. <laughs>
1: Another thing that uh, Ailes did was also uh, he created a limits test for Fox News host, hosts. Like, he would, if a person worked on a liberal news network, he would will, he will come to them and say, Why are you a liberal, you piece of shit? Fuck you. Like, he'll basically like, be aggressive and like demand to, they defend themselves. Like, McCarthy-esque kind of shit. And like if they work for CBS, he would call the Communist Broadcast System, like why are you work for them, you pieces of shit. And if they were a woman, he would have to be able to sexually harass them. Oh yeah, yeah, that's 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 the one thing that this thing that ultimately tore him down. Like his, he would chase swimming around with his pants down, trying to get them to have sex with him, literally. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> yeah. gross. Yeah, and one, another thing, uh, he was also a paranoid fuck, uh, and he. Had, no, like, the head of Fox News was paranoid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he was so paranoid. Like, he would, he would have his uh, his like office built up like a security station. Like, he would have, like... People said, like, when they were walk over Roger Ailes, like, it was, like, a scene out of 24, where people in vans would drive up to him, escort like, him to the van, and, like, and there'd be a group of people, like, uh, ushering him in silence, trying to get him to the building safely. He also, like, his office, like, he tried to make sure it was built safely because he was sure the gays were coming to kill him. Like, the guy who built his office said... They'll be down there protesting those gays. (laughs) He thought the gays were coming to kill him.
0: Uh, For for what it's worth, though, it sounds like he was kind of a kingmaker of American politics. Like, he was making people president and, like, tearing people down. It seemed like he had a lot of power. Maybe that fear was justified. Maybe not from the gays, but like in
1: general, like he was afraid of like like one time a Muslim guy, not, like I don't know if he's a Muslim. He's like a brown skin guy showed up on his set, and it was, like a janitor, and Rodriel shut down like a, a scary lockdown. Like everyone went to the rooms, like so a brown person on on the floor. Everyone <laughs> runs to the rooms. Like he was so afraid of like brown people and gays and all these people, and he ended up dying by falling on the and bumping his head and dying in the hospital later on. It's just funny, but. <laughs> <laughs> So another thing, uh, the big th- big thing, like people say, like this is uh, you talk about uh, Roger Ailes being a kingmaker. His big, almost literal kingmaker moment was the two thousand elections, because what happened was, it was everyone was saying it was too close to call, too close to call, and by every recount, every time they recounted it, Gore fucking won that election. But basically, Fox News said no. As soon as Bush got in, he said no. The co- counts over, Bush won, and 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 discussion recalling it. And since like people uh, underestimate how much Fox News was considered like a legitimate news source, how much that fair and balanced bullshit worked, people uh, were like, I guess Fox called it, which Bush won. And so, like, that was an instance where he literally was Kingmaker. He called it early, even though every week count, uh said uh, Gore won, because Fox knew called it early. It just pushed public opinion so far? Yes, exactly. That's
0: crazy.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, that he got a fucking president elected, and after he got that president elected, he basically... Like, uh, like, uh, John alluded to, like, he started, that's when he really started getting really hardcore right-wing, like, people who were, uh, uh people, uh, would say, like, that's when he started getting memos and shit, uh, they start collaborating with the Bush White House to synchronize talking points and stuff, and, uh, it's, and that's when, like, the, the line between, like, you used to say, like, oh, you had Fox News and the news stuff, and then you had the opinion pieces, like, Bill Ryan and shit, but that's when it started, uh, really blurring together. Mm-hmm. And when Obama uh, came into power, that's when they really started uh fucking getting into the far right shit like that's like ALS called it this is our Alamo. we gotta fucking set the war here a fucking Muslim Marxist is in the White House. we gotta fucking save America basically <laughs> a Muslim
0: marxist
1: like he he was like one of the first guys who started who started joking the, the Barack Hussein Obama shit literally like that was like his fucking joke. yeah well,
0: they pushed the birtherism stuff. Yeah, I mean they they made Trump
1: like a household political name. Yeah, and so like and that and that interesting is uh, as he was getting, uh, he he basically started pushing Rupert out of the fucking uh, power. Like everyone, uh, everyone Murdock's Mur- 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 family started hitting uh, Roger because uh, Roger because uh, he disposed like uh, Robert Mur- son was supposed to be the anointed heir of of News Corp, and Roger uh, a- and Roger Ailes took over his portfolio. He became his chair. Uh he even uh, took over uh, uh Roger Murdoch's son's office. Uh he he his pay package eclipsed Murdoch's eventually and eventually Murdoch started saying like uh like he he started became hesitant to uh go against Roger. And you see like uh Rupar was pretty much like a businessman, like he said, like Roger's a kind of a crazy person. Like he actually a true believer. He actually believes the shit we we pedal. But when you're making so much money, I guess yeah. he didn't care. Yeah, and um and the reason I hate capitalism 'cause if you as long as you keep getting money you don't care. It doesn't matter how what you're doing to discourse, what you're doing to anything, as long as you're making money. But whatever. Mhm.
2: Uh, we don't have Phil here To start yelling at you
1: Yeah like, Oh yeah like, oh, But it's great that uh, this capitalism Yeah because I was had... there
2: I'm like where's the Rebuttal against this <laughs> Like he had
1: He had a right wing Welfare state Basically prop up This fucking shit Now they have the discourse They cater to the lowest common animator That's capitalism Fucking right <laughs>
2: Both me and Ryan are like Yeah that's definitely A failing of capitalism
0: I love that your Your Phil impression Is just repeating Your own talking points And adding It's great Yeah
1: because, Is that not accurate I never shot at anyone in my life, have I? (laughs) And so, um, yeah. So, and we know like the story from there. uh, The tea—they started propping up the Tea Party, and we started getting the fake grassroots shit uh, that Roger Ailes perfected. They they, Fox News propped the death panels. Uh, One thing is interesting. I didn't know John John Kasich was a Fox News host. Was it? And because of Fox News pushing him so hard in Ohio. He was able to beat uh, his opponent by two points. So people said like, that was a Fox News win. Like, a Fox News host beat uh, uh, a sitting Democrat by two points. Like Fox News won that seat. That's so interesting because I felt like during the election, Kasich was like the much more level-headed of all of them. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's like the, that shows like how the Frankenstein monster has gotten away from them. Like Roger, <laughs> like Roger Ailes helped Trump. But like even now, you see Fox News fighting with Trump like as an organization. Like Fox News is now more milquetoast than they were before because now Trump is so far to the right of them. Like Fox News is like seen as the ally, which I hate. But like now people defend Megyn Kelly against Trump and shit. like yeah, that. Yeah, wasn't
2: like Shep Smith just recently went on a tirade about how the Trump campaign keeps or the Trump administration keeps lying about Donald Trump yeah. like all of his involvement. Yeah. He says it's lies after lies after lies.
0: I think that there's a couple people on Fox like Shep that are doing like pretty good work.
2: But that's true, yeah. And, and Kelly was attacked by like Trump almost directly just for asking. But questions.
0: she also like is still a piece of shit. Yeah, they're yeah, all they're yeah, all yeah. Just, like nothing changed. Oh,
1: yeah. But it, that's why I always talk about when talking about Trump, you can't forget the people that got us to this point. Like the people who are fighting it now, like Megyn Kelly and them, CNN, and they and were CNN. responsible too. Yeah, they they helped prop up Trump. So like, whatever you bitch about Trump, never forget like the fucking uh, all the shit that led to Trump. It wasn't like overnight. Like people because like people were surprised. Like, they saw, like, the world change after Trump won. And, like, to you, the world changed, but this shit was in the background for ages. Like, Obama fought this shit while he was in office. This Yeah, fucking... I, I,
2: yeah I think more people dealt with that realization because I know it happened with me. It wasn't that, oh, no, it's like the world suddenly changed. It's The world's always been like this. We just lost because we expected it to be different. Yeah. Like, we thought it wasn't going to be different. But You
0: mentioned wasn't. that Fox is more milk toast now and less... Yeah. <laughs> right wing than <laughs> they than they used
1: to be they're more milquetoast in, in the lieu of the political spectrum now like but now. I yeah.
0: I mean yeah but I don't think that they're any more center than they were I think no, they're it's not, just they're not. The we center have more shifted.
1: exposure to a way farther right yeah the center they haven't moved to, move to the center the center shifted to them they yeah to, that's, that's, I that's, that's what. Bar, yeah. that was Roger Ellis' goal to make it the, the Fox News be the center of this. Oh course, no, they're fair
2: it? and balanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, shit. 4D chess plan.
1: The good news is though, uh, at least for the story of Roger Ailes, uh, he fucking got caught on his sexist bullshit where he fucking ass women, and like got a like, huge you know, had... payoff and got to retire with extra millions and millions. Yes. Of yeah. But he died estranged from his family, and like he died on his own as, as a fucking uh, considered a pervert. And instead of getting all these memorials saying. He was a hero. He changed American discourse. He was so fair and balanced. You got people now saying he was kind of complicated, and shit like that. Which I, I'm happy he died. Sad in the that's how that's Sly how gets <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, because like if he if he died like a year early, he would have died on top of the world, you know. So yeah,
3: I don't know that I would call it on top of the world. I'd say he he had enough under his belt at that point to be considered kind of a controversial figure, but it wouldn't have been as like it wouldn't have been the same as it is now after everything yeah. happened. All right, so that's my long spiel about Roger Ailes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's it like? What's it like consuming the Roger Ailes product? I mean, a lot of the things that you said, I've felt. So the um, the back and forth of just basically turning everything around. Anything that the that the Republicans have done. They just basically aim it at somebody else and say, no, they did that. This person did that. Basically, anytime there's any type of scandal or ba- anything that's just negative in any light at all, it just gets there's always something that they can equate it to or try to equate it to that yeah. the Democrats did or that the liberals did. Or now, especially, they can just say, the media is lying. It's just fake news. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, you even see this down with uh, alt-righters where they're like, we're not sexist. The people calling us sexist are the sexists.
1: Yeah, you're the real racist. You're bringing up race yeah, all the time. Yeah, black
2: people are the real racists in this country. Jeez.
1: Like, remember Obama? Remember how they, they keep trying to push that Obama? Uh, everything was fine so Obama came along and started talking about race, and now everyone's divided all of a sudden. Yeah, I've heard that a lot from even usually level-headed
0: people that, like, Obama
3: was so divisive. Yeah, I think the thing is, really though, just nobody thought about it until it was in their face. By and now nobody, they feel like he's he was the one who brought it up when it was always there. They just weren't exposed. By yeah, yeah, nobody, it was never
0: a problem. Middle before. class white people. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: it's not like nobody felt racial strife. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about uh, Rush and how uh, he grew out of this Roger Ailes machine and shit. Because I feel like Rush is
3: farther right rush is definitely farther right so so i've always felt that rush is more of the social wing of this whole right-wing conservative media so rush rush's whole point is it was originally just attacking the democrats Because the Democrats are evil, the Democrats are coming out to get us, the Democrats have a bunch of hidden agendas, and they want to destroy America. And now it's just totally formed into liberalism as a whole. So, where he'll still talk about, like, the current events, and do the usual conservative uh deflecting and things like that but then he'll also go into more social stuff so he'll talk about he loves to talk about millennials a lot now (laughs) especially since like i feel like that is a safe topic for him to avoid anything that they don't have talking points for for the day and he can basically just tie that into how liberalism is destroying America? It's destroying our children. Our children don't know anything, so they're all—they all just think that they're liberals and they want everything for free and they're lazy pajama boys. They all live at home. Does he actually call them pajama boys? He actually calls them pajama boys. <laughs> he would—he would consider us pajama boys, <laughs> even though—even though we live in a house on our own together, he would still consider us pajama boys. Yeah, I actually me, our pajamas I don't right now. On. He's fucking right. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly so am i he knows us <laughs> i'm in the my couple. work clothes yeah but Jeez, so he's like, a real man he he'll he'll take stuff like that and then he'll he'll tie that into into other aspects of liberalism so he'll he'll start on millennials and then he'll work into millennial men versus millennial women beta cocks yes how how men <laughs> these days uh, just don't know how to be men. Um, and they, they let, they let women run all over them and they're just totally consumed with the lies of feminism. Um, and so, so actually today he had a caller call in, which he, he'll take maybe three callers over the course of his whole show uh, and how long is his show? So his show is three hours. Oh my yeah. god! Oh, yeah. So he takes about a call or an hour, and he pretends like he's so rushed that he he's he can barely so take rushed. these callers. <laughs> yeah, that he can barely take these callers. Um, but he's just rambling the entire show. <laughs> like there's no there's nothing really that he needs to get out.
0: Unlike Sly, who always keeps everything very concise. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. I I <laughs> yeah. tried
2: listening to his show like one time, and it was me too. He does ramble. You are correct about that.
1: I, I listened to it when I was on a road trip. Uh, I, I, I'd rather listen to like the silence of my car driving for five, <laughs> five hours than that shit.
2: Did you yeah. know that, uh, fun fact, I grew up in a household that had Rush Limbaugh on every day for all three hours. Wow. Really? My mother and father were huge Rush fans. My father even called in or tried calling in a couple times like while he was driving. And they... The one thing I remember, because I'm a kid and I don't care about politics, is that whenever he'd talk about Bill Clinton, like he'd always laugh about it and he'd play the the soundbite of, "Um, oh god, was that song? A little bit of Monica in my life. <laughs> oh my and Mambo the, number the five. Line, the, yeah, mama, and the next line would be a little bit of Hillary by my side and just be all the girls in his administration and I love that song. I was like, this is funny because Bill
1: Clinton sucks.
0: Okay, that is pretty funny and Bill Clinton does suck. <laughs> I will give him credit for <laughs> that. But he
1: sucks, but not for the reasons that bar- <laughs> yeah. <he> <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: So, what, what were you saying about the callers? So, so, uh... Yeah, even if your dad did call in, he would probably get cut off. So Rush Rush is very, I would say he's scared to take callers because he never knows where anybody's going to go, especially a show like his. He gets a lot of people trying to fuck with him, obviously. But so today he had a woman on, and the phone call started out the same way that they all do because they screen them very well. They just talk about how much they love Rush, how much of an honor it is to be on his show. They've been listening for so long. Um, But so this woman started off that... She uh supported Trump. She's normally not uh any type of feminist, but she didn't like the way that he interacted with Macron's wife. Okay. Supposedly, he was talking about how beautiful she is and was basically directing all of his comments at Macron. Yeah. And not her. And it's actually it's pronounced Macron. Macron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So she was talking about that and Rush was like, Rush was trying to have something to say back to her, but he really didn't have anything. And then they just, they just uh, cued the music and went to commercial (laughs) in the middle of him talking, which actually happens at nearly every commercial break. I don't know why, it seems to be like his show is just poorly run, or, I mean, I guess he literally is just rambling, and his producers just cut him off mid-sentence, and they just go to a commercial. I wonder if he even knows... Like if they, they just put in a commercial well, don't well, tell he knows. He's, probably, he's probably like
1: doing like the, the thing where he's like you, know, like you know, like you know, like what they do in show business, like to cut off the mic or something like that. Like he's, he's probably doing it, but like for them it means go to commercial, cut, cut to commercial whatever. Yeah, like
3: he'll say, I'm running out of time, like we we have to go to break soon, but then he'll like keep talking on his topic and then they'll just cut him <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine
2: what it's like trying to be his producer
3: and like Do you talk to him about that or do you just let him do his shtick? Well, so he, so Rush actually talks to his producer during the show, but the producer doesn't have a microphone. So Rush, Rush will stop mid sentence and be like, oh, "What? Well, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's definitely what he said. Like, like his producer's talking to him, but nobody hears what his producer says at all, or he'll ask his producer a question. And then it's just silence. And then he'll be like, I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Does he ever, like, repeat what the producer says? Sometimes he'll, yeah. Sometimes he'll, like, give you the gist of it. But a lot of the times, especially when it's, like, trivial, you get nothing. You get nothing at all.
0: That's the thing that always fascinates me about, like, Rush and Hannity is, like, they don't seem like they're good at their job to me. Oh, they're very good. I know they're very good. And I rationally understand that they have huge influence and are very good. But when I watch Hannity make a defense, I'm like, this doesn't seem professional
3: at all. Yeah. It's just like, it looks like he's arguing with someone in the cafeteria. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it is. A lot of it, I think a lot of it comes down to, uh, you're making simplified talking points That somebody can grab onto one or two of them and you just throw a lot of them out so that some of them stick to the listener Mm -hmm. and anybody who's really trying to understand what you're saying, it sounds like nonsense because generally it is. It's just, I think it's just meant to be a bunch of like facts about the situation that only make it look like it's our point of view. And it's kind of a roundabout way. I do, like they don't have scripts. They have their talking points and they have certain things that they're gonna say. But a lot of it is off the top of their head. So that's why it comes out kinda like mishmashed. But I also think that that's kind of the point. Is that you, you, you like the? It's almost up to the listener to decide what they're saying. Yeah. Um, like they give you a bunch of these facts and then like if you if you talk to any listener, I guarantee. Right after listening to either Rush or Hannity make a statement about something, if you have five listeners in front of you, each of the five of them will come to five different conclusions, but they're all conservative points of view. Huh. Like
2: yeah. it, it's sort of like one of the first echo chamber kind of things where you're you're not even being presented with arguments against it. It's just you're you're getting a lot of noise, and the signal out of that noise is your own view back at you.
1: It's, it's why, like, the candidates who, because of being, like, a hollow, empty suit, like, sometimes get traction, because people can just project their yeah. thoughts on that person. Well, look
0: at Make America Great Again. That doesn't mean right. anything. Right. Yeah, like, he never talks about what he wants to go back to, what he means by great. It's just the listener and the voter just says, oh, well, I want jobs, or I want to end PC culture, or, like, whatever era they want to go back to, that's what they're – that's how they take it. yeah. So who runs Fox News now? Is there still somebody doing, like, the Roger Ailes, like, here's the talking points of the day? Well,
1: from what I there are, uh, like, I don't know about the current business model because a lot of the stuff, like, was leaked by people over time and shit like oh, that. Oh, okay. So, like, uh, we don't know exactly, but uh, I do imagine um, there are probably still talking points and shit, but uh, it's it's probably not to the degree that it was under, under Ailes because Ailes was, like, a very... Unique specimen, like he, like we're talking about a Rush. Rush is really good at it too. Like, he knows how to, to it might seem stupid to us, but he knows how to target his audience and appeal to them. Mm-hmm. One thing that's interesting about uh, Al, sorry to go back to him, but uh, I find interesting that I, sh- I want to mention he never actually when you watch Fox News in the background and you always watch with the sound off because uh, he didn't care what they were actually saying a lot of times, he just cared how it looked because he knew it was all about image. Like, if it looks they had nice graphics, if it had sexy hosts. And if you notice, like, all the hosts... Blonde women. Yeah, if you, all, all the hosts had they were sexy. They had short skirts. They had their legs showing. They all looked blonde. They all like they had the same type. And you could tell that was Roger's type because he had, later on harassed a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, so like you, that's how, like, Roger Ailes... Like, Roger Ailes was looking for people who looked pretty on camera and, like, they had graphics that looked pretty, but they could be seen complete garbage. Right. They definitely... I
3: mean, they definitely still have talking points. I like that you mentioned that all the talking points came down from Roger Ailes because even so I like from the perspective of Rush versus Hannity versus Fox News Hannity and Fox News were always super in tandem and then Rush would often have the same talking points as everyone and I always like wondered if they did have some network of disseminating talking points among themselves because I mean to set up a full show with as many different topics to talk about and they all had the same talking points even like specifically between rush and the rest of the conservative media uh i felt that way because rush always uh positions himself as this outsider he always says that like he's not a part of the republicans you know, he's just a conservative. They all know who he is. He knows all of them. But, like, he's not in with them. He's not friends with them. He's his own thing.
2: Yeah, didn't but he it, support Trump?
3: Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he still yeah. does. He defends Trump every day with the same talking points that everyone else does. So, I mean, he, there's definitely some type of connection that's there that he doesn't want people to see because he doesn't want to seem as part of the media
1: that he likes to bash every day. That's why I say that's that's why I say uh oh uh, Ale like they might have somebody giving them talking points now, but it's probably nothing compared to Ale's because Russia is like Ale's and uh he knows his audience, he knows where the winds are blowing and he always caters towards that. And I think Rush better than Fox News catered towards the Trump crowd, and that's why. when he saw that the shift was coming towards Trump, Rush uh, was smart enough to jump on it. And Fox tried to, but they they kept like they said like in interviews like they don't really, they don't want to have a war with Trump, but like it, basically they kept inadvertently pissing him off, you know. So like I think like that's why having somebody, like people like having certain individuals like Rush and Ailes in charge is so different because they're better at testing the waters for political ideals
0: what is it like hearing them defend these things that from our point of view are like make no sense to defend like all these russia allegations and stuff that the white house and the people involved haven't given us a sensical innocent story how do
3: they how do they defend it well so anything anything that would put doubt in the in the mind of the listener on in terms of like uh if the if the right wing did something wrong that's totally left out of the conversation entirely they'll only they're very good at how they focus they'll focus on a number of facts they'll give you factual information only the factual information that will support however they're trying to spin it like just saying like um like they had this meeting but it was it only lasted 20 minutes uh they didn't get any information out of it you know they'll give you things that you can't as a listener disprove mm-hmm. and a lot of the times they'll give you one type of one like qualifying bit of information that is false but totally puts everything that they've said now as the truth. So they'll give you, like, one bit of information that makes it seem like, oh, then definitely the media's lying, because if that's true, then this can't be true. But oftentimes, that bit of, like, qualifying information is the one, like, real lie that they're giving you, and then everything else technically is true. It's like, I've seen
0: Hannity defending the don jr meeting with the russians recently right. as it was exactly what you said it was only 20 minutes long it wasn't part of the campaign it blah all these things that were true and then he ends with and collusion's not a crime
2: yeah i was gonna bring up collusion's not a crime is their big thing that they but it they is talk about.
0: but <laughs> if you th- if so first they disprove that it's collusion And then they say, even if it was, it wouldn't matter. So what, to cast the doubt where, like, even their talking point is bullshit?
3: Yeah, and and it also comes down to confusion. So, okay. Confusion,
0: collusion, whatever (laughs) Kellyanne Conway said. Right. Delusion. Delusion, delusion.
3: Right. So it's, they'll say the right wing, totally not collusion. There's totally nothing there. Then they'll come to the center of the argument. Collusion's not even a crime. And then they'll finish off the argument with saying that the Democrats colluded and they need to be tried. They need, oh yeah, like, you spin it back things, to Hillary, right? You spin it back. It's it's a they. Like, so it's not the, a
0: crime, but Democrats should go to jail for
3: it. Right. So everything <laughs> like they take all of these different tactics and they roll it all into one. So it's it's confusing. Um, it's it's Confusion, hypocritical. Yeah. <laughs> it's hypocritical. Um, and it, it makes the listener, so any listener that's really paying attention, essentially, I think the goal is to make that listener come to the conclusion that everything is horseshit, like everyone is bad. So
0: just believe what you want.
3: Just believe what you want. Which, oftentimes, if it's just, oh, they should both go to jail, then, like, what is this person really advocating for? Who are they going to jump yeah. behind? Probably no one, because they just think all of the media is corrupt, they can't trust any of the media, and they can't trust any of the government, which works in their favor anyway. Because if you're trying to support a administration that wants to
0: destroy the government and shrink it down, shrink it down, sending the message, everyone is bad,
3: helps further your agenda. Right. Yeah. The more people that you get confused and thinking that everything is just shitty, the less people you have paying attention. And
0: the more confused you are, the easier it is to fear-monger them. That,
2: that's, yeah. I feel like I brought this up earlier, but that's just like the crazy thing about the Republican Party nowadays. As long as they prove that politics is horse shit, they win. Yeah, because true, they true. want people to be like, I hate politics. I want to vote for someone that hates politics, too.
3: Yeah. Right. And then if your platform... Is hating politics and Chris hating Christie. the media, <laughs> yeah. Then sure, okay, I'll vote for them because you know they they're on my side. That
1: everything is bullshit.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, when they're like, I'm bullshit too. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's, that's why Republicans always win any kind of fight because the status quo always favors. First of all, to be conservative, status quo favors them. Favors them even more because their argument is that the government doesn't work. So when they make the government not work, they just win. Yeah. Right.
2: Even when it comes down to stuff like uh, healthcare, where they haven't done anything on the healthcare, but they're like, uh, it's Democrats across the aisle, or, you know, this is actually difficult, or Obamacare just sucks, guys.
3: (sighs) Typically on, on Rush's show and Hannity's show, they also, with pushing so far to the right, Oftentimes they get to the point where they have to criticize the Republicans because they they almost corner themselves where they 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 go into it saying, okay, the the Republicans have the House. They have the Senate. We're going to do this. This is going to be so easy. They're going to be able to do this. They're going to be able to do this. And then once the reality sets in of the situations that they kind of frame to be a certain way. When it turns around on them and all of a sudden everything's shitty because the Republicans are shitty, they can just <laughs> flat out say, the Republicans are shitty. What are they doing? They should be doing this. I don't understand this. This is such nonsense, you know? And then they, and then they attack certain Republicans as like
1: rhinos.
3: They're yeah. not true. Republicans. Paul Ryan. Right.
1: Yeah. The only attack from the right. That's what we should clarify. The only attack from, they only say they're not right enough. Basically. Right.
0: And it also gives them this illusion of fair and balance, where they're like, look, we also attacked the Republicans. And then they'll run, like, this one clip over and over again about, like, look at when we said this. Right. Like, like when Trump all of a sudden tried to convince everyone he was super against the Iraq war, because he said
3: one thing one time. Right. And it gives them this illusion of... Illusion, collusion, delusion. There we go. (laughs) Um... Of Protusion. never being wrong, always <laughs> being right, always yeah. being uh, in this, like, position of power. So that also works, like, that goes back to how they handle phone calls. But essentially, like, phone calls are super dangerous because anybody that puts some type of doubt in the listener's mind or makes it seem like Rusher Hannity are wrong about something then, like, the possibility is there that they could be wrong about
1: something. You pop pop the bubble a bit and, like, uh, suggest an alternative viewpoint. It's no
2: longer a safe space.
1: Right, and the the way that they handle their shows,
3: that, like, that's just not acceptable. They, you know, everybody needs to think that Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity know more than any other person out there and I should be getting all of my information from these people because they know more than anybody else they see it before it happens Mm -hmm. they know what's happening in the background
2: they're also level-headed like i am
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair and
0: balanced fair and balanced so how was it like daryl growing up like did that shape your worldview radically different than how it is now in a kid surrounded by this stuff
2: it's difficult because when as you're growing up you're most influenced always by your friends and family and because like i was really close to my family and both my mother and father were like pretty hard conservatives like hard republicans uh i used to think that democrats were inherently evil and did want to destroy the country like in my household liberal and communist meant the same thing
0: now, just to contextualize it for the listeners, you grew up in the 1950s, right, Daryl?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Upstate New York, 1950s. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, this was in, like, the 90s. Yeah, this is,
1: this so is that's, the 90s. So that's pretty intense. And, and your parents were all big Rush fans, right?
3: Yep. Yeah, I, like, growing up, I was... I wouldn't say, like, so my I didn't get a lot of it from my family, but I got a lot of it from friends. Like, in, in middle school, I was in a group of kids that like to talk politics, but it was all super right-wing. I mean, all my friends would watch Fox news. Their parents would watch Fox news. And that's exactly where they would get all the talking points. And it was just like, at least, at least for me, when I was at that age, it was basically America versus not America and being conservative was being american you stood for america and anything else you wanted you know you wanted to everybody to buy japanese cars and not support the united states (laughs) Uh, like stupid garbage like that
0: conservatism is still kind of that though no yeah yeah,
3: it definitely (laughs) is but so i'm just saying like as a kid it seems like like a no-brainer like obviously i'm i'm patriotic i'm for the united states these are the things that i should be believing in and it just, it doesn't leave room for anything else. It's almost like laissez-faire capitalism and
1: nationalism appeal to less developed minds. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, John, does that mean all your friends became like college Republicans and they're all massive dorks? Uh, they are still Republicans and they like to
3: complain about village ordinances that Say that you have to get permission to cut down a tree, and they want to go to town hall and like fight it tooth and nail because they're taking away their rights. So definitely, so they're like libertarians.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so people people always always talk about bad influences when you're growing up. Like no one ever talks about the fucking college Republicans, you know, like seducing kids and like luring them into their dark, questionable thoughts. Sly, where did the college Republican touch you? I feel like there's not a lot
2: of college Republicans.
1: There are. That's why they're even scarier. Like it's like if, when you find a predator in a nice neighborhood. <laughs> so just to just to bounce off of what
3: your joke about uh, <laughs> predators, challenge. the no, not not predators. What Ryan said before about uh, impressionable minds and the people who listen to conservative media. I I always feel like i get a sense of who's listening to these shows based on the advertising so like rush rush's advertising is basically aimed at old people almost entirely
1: colin clan's diaper or shit like that viagra yeah it's
2: a it's a lot of erectile stuff whenever my mother watches the news on television there's just like every commercial break will have a erectile dysfunction Commercial. yeah
3: it's like it's diet pills yep. all types of things health like insurance. that insurance right and then only old people need help only insurance. old people need health insurance <laughs> and then hannity is a little bit more um like predatorial about it almost so the way that he goes at it like think about if you have elderly listeners that are kind of tuning in tuning out he will go directly from speaking straight into a commercial No breath, no nothing. He'll be in the middle of a talking point and he'll say, he'll finish his talking point. He'll just say, I I just want to remind you it's summertime now. uh, So it's time to start thinking about losing that 20, 30 pounds that you've been holding (laughs) on there. I know I've been talking to you about this diet plan and like seamless, just right into it. And then half of his commercials, he himself uh, records. So it's all coming directly from him. Uh, So it's like Sometimes it's hard to tell Where the show ends And where the ads
2: begin Yeah it's tying in the brand With the um, With the personality Another benefit of capitalism yeah. I do want to say that I listen to a lot of
0: left-wing podcasts that do a similar thing where they usually do have like music breaks or something before ads but they make lots of their like political jokes during the ads as
1: well. So they'll do like an ad for ZipRecruiter. It's different Zip Zip be because like, they 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 always have a segment for ads. Like, they do have a Yeah, s- that's true. That's true.
3: Yeah, that's the difference between like trying to make ads fun yeah and like not as mundane that's true. and like trying to slip ads into where you think that this is like some new thing that everybody's talking about and that the media is saying like everybody needs to be uh but getting their 401k from this place
2: yeah yeah or like alex jones with male enhancement health booster <laughs> pills yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: yeah so
0: like that's the difference between making a like trump uses zip recruiter to get a new press secretary because sean spice is on the way out joke versus like fi- pretending like this life insurance plan is part of the news
2: right huh not like that but he, he, like again everything Hannity says is probably like serious like that that's not a super sarcastic show right so it seems like he's advising you personally that this Uh, is probably good for your benefit
3: yeah i mean both both rush and hannity are a fair amount of doom and gloom um but i mean hannity's a wet rag compared to rush limbaugh rush limbaugh (laughs) actually is like like so if you if you're somebody who uh, agrees with Rush Limbaugh, he's hysterical. Yeah. Like the whole time he's making jokes about uh you know the media. Hey, yeah, play and the Mambo
2: number no. five song.
3: <laughs> that was great <laughs> and, uh, yeah. as a kid. <laughs> and they're but they're both still aimed at making you afraid of liberals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we close out, I just want to
0: briefly mention the thing that concerns me the most about conservative media. And I picked this topic before someone pointed out that John Oliver did this whole super great segment on it. So I'll keep it really short and you could just go watch that instead. But I just want to point out that most people get their news not from Hannity and not from Rush, but from local news networks. And I'm reading a Vox article that the top three cable networks, CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC usually get around 3 million primetime viewers every day. And evening local news gets 23 million and morning local news gets 12 million. So that's more than seven times as many people watch the local news than the primetime news. And this big company, Sinclair, just bought out a uh, Tribune Media company for 4 billion or 3.9 billion dollars, which is 42 local news television stations. And I just want to briefly walk through why that's such a big deal. There the FCC originally said that no company could own 3 TV stations at once in the 40s. Then in the 50s that became seven tv stations seven fm radio stations seven am radio stations at once and then recently the fcc has loosened those regulations more and more so that now no company can own can reach more than 39 percent of american homes and do you know how many sinclair reach 38 (laughs) and right now trump's new fcc chair uh, i have no idea how to pronounce his name Uh, Ajit Pai, maybe? I don't know. Or any pine sky? Yeah, it's probably the only foreign-sounding name Trump has ever interacted (laughs) with, let alone appointed. (laughs) Hey, he talked to
2: the minister of China. China? (laughs) That's true, that's true.
0: But they want to loosen it up even more, and right now Sinclair's using this loophole that, like, a certain—it's really boring, so I'm not going to get super into it—but a certain TV frequency, like a certain wavelength— only counts as half as much because it's like Uh. larger (laughs) waves so it's like this weird thing that they use to reach all these homes but the reason why this is so important and John Oliver talked a lot about it but I want to specifically talk about the Montana election because if you guys if people didn't pay attention to the Montana general uh, house special election like a month or two ago he the Greg Gianforte the Republican candidate the day before the election body slammed a a reporter which is awesome it was an awesome slide yeah. fucking slamming the libs yeah. yeah and if you listen to the audio of it it's like the most <sighs> you can't help but feel for this giant nerd because he, he literally says you're just body slamming i
1: think you broke my glass. that's why it's fucking hilarious because like you, you know like the intelligent the intelligent part of you are like you root for a nerd but he got body slammed, it's fucking badass i guess <laughs> that's why like, but... this is
2: the weirdest point at which we disagree <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> okay, I think so far, <laughs> we're not talking about whether it's an ethical and you're not or ethical moral that's, that's kind right? of
2: inherently tied in there to being badass yeah. like a fucking you're gonna lose <laughs> this guy,
1: seven, guy. you're gonna be like that's not, not cool you've been all.
2: reading too many comics <laughs> <laughs>
1: But anyway... This is why liberals go to elections. You don't know what, what kills their people. No, you want to body
2: slam the Nazis. You're not supposed to be... That's awesome if Nazis body slam you.
1: Well, who won the election, Daryl? Huh? huh?
2: <laughs> okay, but anyway... <laughs> the thing that's so concerning about
0: this is the local Montana news station, which is actually a subsidiary of NBC, or or maybe, like, it's, it's an affiliate of NBC, not subsidiary, because they got bought by Sinclair... And, like, right before this election. And they, on all their local news stations that KECI controlled, refused to air the story that he body slammed this reporter. And they said they didn't have enough facts. It was, you know, they couldn't confirm it. When it was widely reported all across the place. And the audio was on Twitter. And they refused to report it. So people that only watch the local news, usually, like, older people and more conservative people, they didn't know about this body slam thing until after they voted, even though it happened the day before. And that's extremely problematic and worrying to me because I've heard the argument all the time, like Rush and Hannity, a lot of people know that they're conservative, they're editorial, they're personalities, but when you have local news that... And most people that watch the local news, like I watch local news sometimes, and it just seems boring by the numbers just this is what happened here's like there was a shooting here here's some human interest story here's a fluff piece and like here's just an update and it usually doesn't seem polarizing or editorially driven at all but having them just refuse to mention something so important as the house republican candidate assaulting a reporter the day before the election and he won he won and settled out of court because he pled guilty for the assault. Like, that's horrifying to me. And just, it's more than just the... Like, the Roger Ailes legacy to me isn't just the Hannity's and the Rushes. It's the acceptance that you can have polarized news.
1: Yeah. And also about the local news point. Like, also, that's why news and politics... i might not news and politics. Money and politics is... Uh, like, you're able to duck it in, like, a... Uh, presidential elections because there's so much free media around and local election what you see on the news is like all the information you're not going to get in a lot of cases yeah that's that's, you completely control the narrative especially if you're
2: out in the middle of nowhere and it's like those people don't your local election the uh representatives don't put up like good accurate websites so it's like you either got to wait for a flyer or you go see them in yourself in person or you watch the news
0: and where do you find out where those town halls and stuff are from your local news station or your local newspaper yeah yeah so yeah, everything's terrible. We're all
1: gonna die. That's our m- I'm already model dead. of upsette uh, politics. Everything's terrible. We're all gonna die. Yeah, I <laughs> Classic this, episode. Yeah. I think the the the
0: line of mine. I try to always be the optimist and like the super of the podcast. you know end of your. Contract. I know, but the line of mine in our show that got the most traction was, "I don't care what kills me, as long as it's soon." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, Before we wrap up, I want to bring up that I think everybody, and especially our listeners, should probably watch um, Nobody Speak, which is the documentary on the um, Terry Bollier v. Gawker case, where it's Hulk Hogan sued Gawker. And it's basically about can billionaires influence, like when they're fighting back against the media, like how do they win? And it takes a look at uh, two examples of where billionaires – Went in and took over media corporations. What is it called? It's uh, nobody speak. It's on I've Netflix.
0: never heard of that. That I, sounds
1: fascinating. I haven't heard. I haven't. Heard, I haven't watched this, but I'm going to watch it because I, I actually know a lot of the details behind the Gawker shit, and it's very yeah. With Peter, Sly's Thiel. a huge Hulk Hogan fan. Yeah, f- <laughs> uh, he you, was you're the one that got you're the right that the fucking the Hulk Hogan theory. theme on the fucking uh, Device of issues episode, Ryan.
0: That was actually oh, on the Device of issues episode that I used the Hulk Hogan theme. That was John's recommendation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hulkster man. <laughs> We're we're all big old Hogan fans. <laughs> yeah,
2: and then you watch that, and you're like, "Oh, this is kind of this is it's weird." <laughs> it's, it's a very interesting documentary, especially if you're interested in uh, capitalism ruining free speech. <laughs> yeah, it's not everyone but Phil. <laughs> yeah, <great. laughs> Feels like it enhances it. <laughs> yeah. So I can't talk about
0: this anymore before I kill myself. So let's stop. <laughs>
1: All right, so uh, let's do okay plugs. so
0: I just want to give a quick plug to the Comrade radio network. Uh, I was just on an episode on the Comrade feed a week or two ago about summertime memories you know what it was like being a kid who didn't have to listen to wrestling ball and you know like a fun story from when I was 10 and there's a bunch of other people on the network on it and it was a lot of fun and you should all check it out. And is there anything else I should plug? Oh, we also, Daryl, Sly, I, and a couple other players, started a D&D YouTube channel. We live stream on Twitch. If you want to follow me on Twitch, Stoop Kid Lives On. And on YouTube, we're Game Man's Honor. And we're put we're streaming it, I think, every Tuesday evening. So
1: uh, but
0: join our Facebook group, Hoops I Talk Device of Issues, for top-of-the-line updates on when that stuff's going to
1: happen. Hey, John, do you have anything you want, you want to plug? Like your website or anything?
3: Uh, go listen to the Muckrakers, uh, if you enjoy music, or if you don't enjoy music, because apparently our lead singer hates music, so maybe this (laughs) is the type of music for you. And (laughs) if you're in the New York area, you guys are putting on a music festival soon, right? We are! Munoz Stock 2017. It's gonna be at, uh, the Hicksville Mall, the Broadway Mall, uh, August 12th. It's gonna be from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. You should totally come, because it's going to be free for the most part. <laughs> that's, and you'll be part
0: of uh, Divisive Issues and Oops! History, because that movie theater in that mall is where Joe Sly and I basically did the first ten preliminary episodes at the comic book movies, yelling <laughs> at each other. We just
1: yelled each other in the parking lot for hours. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so the, that's been Oops! Attack Politics. I've been Phil, and I think capitalism is great. <laughs> I, don't, I love right-wing uh, welfare
0: i've been a badass congressman body slamming
2: the free press i've been rush limbaugh and you know the the funniest thing about
3: about, i've been john and you should buy balance of nature fruits and veggies because it's going to be the best pill you've ever taken it's totally going to improve your health i had high blood pressure uh and now i lost 40 pounds i don't know what happened
1: it's really great same to the podcast
3: ThreadRadio.com, independent podcasting network.